Hey, everybody. This episode is brought to you by ProBalls.com. ProBalls.com is a statistical platform with over 70 leagues across the world and recently added college teams as well to the platform. If you're a basketball nerd and a basketball fanatic, this is the platform for you to be on. And in this episode, we explored with Tadas the search engine for teammates. And if you want to see which players we try to research and if you got it correct or not, please tune in. Thanks a lot and see you soon. Today's guest is Tadas Bolotas. Tadas is a basketball agent for Wasserman. In today's episode, he not only shared his own background story, but also shared some background stories of players, some problem solving that he had to go through, whether a player got injured or a player had some contract issues, when a player is unhappy, what he has to do, how he communicates, how he communicates with coaches, and a whole lot of other things that I think are interesting for people in the industry, whether you're a coach, an assistant coach, a GM, a sports director, please tune in. Please share this episode if you enjoyed it. Please subscribe to this podcast below here. For people watching on YouTube, please subscribe below. Most of the listeners are not subscribed. So I think if you're one of them, you need to subscribe, share, and support this podcast so we can get more good guests on here. Thank you very much and talk soon. Bye. Tadas, what's up, man? What's going on, Venice? <laughs> <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah, it's been a while. Welcome, welcome to my little world here. I appreciate you having me. I mean, it's uh, one of those things I listen to when I jog pretty much, you know, most of the times. So, and I'm, you know, really happy to be here. Well, th thanks for coming on. Uh, you're you're the first agent that that's joining my podcast. How do you feel about that? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's an honor among... Uh, all of your guests to be, you know, first agent. That's that's something that's something I will remember for sure. How is how is life in Berlin treating you? First of all, oh, I don't know where to start. I mean, uh, I would say it's a relief uh, <laughs> when it comes to travel, especially. But not just that. I mean, it's uh, it's just you know more more busy, more you know more stuff, more places to eat. Um, I would say, you know, I really enjoy it. Uh, cannot say anything bad about Vilnius, obviously, but, uh, you know, we exchange cities. So you tell me. Uh, I mean, my experience so far, uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it will be hard to come back to Vilnius, I would say. Yeah, it's Berlin. Berlin is special in many regards. Like you said, the the food, the culture, the mix, the mix of cultures. You can find anything, anywhere, anytime. Basically, uh, anytime is maybe far fetched because some restaurants close early. Surprisingly, in Berlin, sometimes there's an issue going out to eat with coaches after games, or yeah. or so you have to be really. There's certain restaurants that are open till till uh, eleven, or or you just go to a burger place that oh, that's yeah. open a little bit longer. Depends on the on the guests you're going with, and it could be casual. It can be, if it's a little bit more posh. There's only a few a few restaurants to choose from late at night uh Vilnius in many regards I like because it's it's cozy I live downtown it's a little bit more uh accessible easier to 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 get together quicker you know in Berlin you have to organize yourself to meet up uh, and it's usually a longer trip across the city you know it's not like you're you're living unless you're living in the same area it can take a little a little while to um to meet up or to organize yourself to meet up so that's those are challenges of a big city that you that big city that you have to deal with yeah. but 
there's a lot of payoffs as well. It's uh, I see this as benefit to be honest, because you know when you're in a small town like Vilnius, you have so many unnecessary meetings. Sometimes you know people <laughs> want just to hang out and talk about nothing, and 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 really like uh, when you're in Berlin, like w- when you meet someone, it's like you said, it's like you really need to meet someone, and it has to be planned, and uh, yeah, I mean it's helpful for now, you know, at least to me. And but when it comes to restaurants, I agree with you. I mean, Galgis were just in town, and I mean, obviously uh, they did. They they had a pretty bad game, so we didn't go anywhere. But I was planning to take them somewhere, and uh, it was a struggle. Yeah, it's it's you have to really pre-plan it a, a lot and and call and make sure that they're open until a certain time. And then the kitchen, and sometimes I was I was caught in 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 calling the 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 the, the restaurant after the game while I was waiting in a hotel for the guests to make sure that we're 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 really coming we're really coming don't close the kitchen you know so those those are little challenges that um you wouldn't run into in the us for example you know or or in some other cities in or in spain for that matter or in italy you know they're just open late they're used to eating late 100 anyway time is money as as we have we're 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 we're, uh we're talking about time and we're going to talk a little bit about um not money, obviously, but uh, contracts and and your your side of the job because your area of the job is uh, is is always um, you're always caught in between different parties. You know, I'm I'm also caught between different parties, but more in a neutral way. And and you you obviously have to deal with a lot of politics uh, on the other side of of the of the ball, off the court. And we're gonna talk about different things, obviously, because agents don't play i can't prepare quarters for you and i can't pre- i can't prepare atos for you so at the end we're going to go atos i'm going to call them the s- small prints <laughs> <laughs> okay all right okay. the, the small yeah. prints um so starting off with the profession itself in your path uh, just to quickly touch on because your father was an agent but how um why did you choose a particular because your father was an agent was that the inspiration to you to to follow that path or was there something else that drew you into this profession i mean to be honest my father being an agent was more of a of a block uh you know uh to become an agent i never i really didn't plan on being one and didn't want to be one um and i don't know i keep thinking why and i just think that you know maybe because my dad you know had so many kids growing up like i i still have kids myself because i think when i do i want to spend you know as much time as possible uh you know with them and you know with our job this is not it's not easy so when i was growing up you know my my dad um wasn't be you know wasn't really around um and and i thought you know he's spending time on all of the basketball players where you know i was a good student they didn't uh, they were not the most intelligent people at the time. Like, you know, the way I saw basketball players were just, you know, um, sportsmen, right? I mean, I look up, I really try to look up to people that were smart in class and stuff like that. So, you know, I really thought that this is not for me, you know. Um, but I kind of got dragged into it uh, because of... Uh, Robert Asiyevtoka's brother, Arturo Asiyevtoka's, wanting to open an agency. And, and I think, you know, his main goal was to attract my dad, uh, but he couldn't really do it, you know, at the time because my dad had 
contractual ob obligations with another you know Italian company, and he invited me uh, to come and work for him when I was just nineteen. Um, so I think it was around two thousand eight, two thousand nine. It was the second year of uh, college, and you know I was in Kaunas, living with my parents, and and there's this offer you know to go to Vilnius. Uh, at 19, live alone, have apartment, have a salary. You know, how you say no to that, you know? <laughs> and, and and being part of, you know, basketball that, I, you know, eventually I played basketball. A lot of my friends, um, you know, were becoming professionals at the time. Um, you know, and I just said, okay, I'll, I'll do it. But even when I got there and I started working up until probably... I established my own agency. Um, I wasn't really taking it seriously. Like I, I still, you know, I still worked as a business consultant because of my, you know, because I finished economics and finance uh, in bachelor's and master's. So right after I finished bachelor degree, uh, I got the job in, you know, a, in a consulting firm as a business consultant. And I worked on, you know, both, both, both parts, let's say. I worked for Tulasi Autogas Agency, and I, and I also worked for for this uh, business consultancy, uh, you know, company. And and in 2012, this is when I decided, okay, I'm 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 all in an agent and established my own company. And this is when the decision, you know, actually happened. So it's that's more or less the same time that I uh, that we we more or less appeared on the, on the stage at the same time because I was 2011 2012 so kind of because that's when we also met for the first time I believe in one of the junior tournaments maybe so it's 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 interesting to hear I and you said your father was not around and you can pass on this question but I'm as you know me I like to think in in multiple layers of of the personality and try to explore a little bit more of of not only the job, but the person itself. And you can pass on this question if you don't want to talk about it, but how do you think it affected you personally, your father not being around? Because you want to have children, you want to be around. I want to have, I want to be around. I know, I know how my father impacted me as a, as my, as a coach, me personally, you know, when he was coaching me and I was growing up and, and a certain way that he handled me that impacts me today that I, you know, when I reflect and I, I do my, my own analysis, I kind of, I know how I tick. How did that impact you or your father not being around? Um, I would say he was around when I needed him. It wasn't like that, let's say that. Uh, but, you know, at home, he, I think he was uh, disturbed, let's say. You know, he was there, but not there. Um, and I know why. Like, I, you know, I go through the same things uh, right now as an agent, especially if you want to do your work well. Um, so I would say... It affected me. It, it affected my work. Uh, that I think, uh, you know, I approach things a little bit differently, and and I understood from my dad that it needs to be approached differently, um, and also that I need to mentally mature uh, as a person to have kids. Let's say so. So so I I know how to manage, how to say you know a, a thirty five you know player list. Uh, at 35, um, how to say it in English, uh, um, Cape, say, uh, say Lithuanian, uh, psychological cycles, let's say, I mean, yeah. like emotional cycles, maybe yeah. that's the, that's the best way to put it. Uh, because there's, you know, so, sometimes you just 
feel the same way your client feels, right? Mm -hmm. um, empathetic. Frustrated, em yeah. Empathetic. So you need to learn those things so you don't bring that emotion of your client um, back home. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I think that's, I'm getting, you know, I just turned 35. I feel like I'm close. <laughs> <laughs> and that maturation process is 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 uh, is tough. It can get and and with our life and our life is in particular very very particular, very special. It it throws you curveballs that other people don't experience, and you see a whole different spectrum of of information coming at you. So you have to be able to filter it out even more specifically, you know, when you're living and you're living a nine to five in the same city, same job, you're kind of, you're limit, you're, you're limited, you know, in terms of what you experience emotionally, what you experience uh, just through other people. And when you travel so much and you work with other people, you work with other cultures, you encounter different problems and different layers of problems that, that other people don't encounter. And then the maturation process could take a little bit longer because you're dealing yeah. with the whole, it, it, it triggers other questions that you may have, <laughs> you know? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how early do you start recruiting players? What's, what's, what's the, what's, is, do you have like a limit of, of when do you not look at players first of all, or is there something that jumps out? Uh, I would say it's getting younger and younger. Um, Probably because of competition and, you know, competition is increasing, obviously. There's more and more um, young people being inspired by, you know, people like me to become agents, I would say, <laughs> you know. And, and I think more and more, um, you know, good agents are there. And, uh, and, and I think, to me, the limit is like, I need to... I would like to see them when they're under 16 national team players. Uh, that that would be ideal. But normally by the time they're 16, the best ones uh, are already verbally committed to an agent or they call it advisors this year, you know, the, now. But um, I would say around 15 is the time that I need to know. You know, like if I'm not aware of, of, of the best, you know, players uh, in that age group, there's a big chance that I will not be able to sign them when I decide that, you know, they're good enough. Yeah. And you, you, you're kind of, you're also like in, in, in my side of the job, you're projecting of, of what the player will look like, what the player could look like in, in, in regard. And then you have to invest in, in the player from your, from your point of view. Uh, what's, what's the process of signing? Like you, you are contacting, you're contacting the, the, the parents, First of all, you know, you probably have to um, find them and, and or is there people that you search out for that are influence on the kid? Uh, I mean, I would say it's a little bit different probably because since I'm now recruiting everywhere, it's uh, every country is a little bit different. Um, but I would say you contact first the coach um, and hopefully the coach is not working with, with an agent or doesn't want to, you know, lure his, you know, kids to another agency. Um, then you just, you know, ask the coach to make the introduction to the family, you talk to the family and for the most part, I meet the kid at the very end, uh, you know, um, unless the family wants to have him involved from, from the first, you know, time, because like I said, you know, working with really young players, um, this is a little bit of a gray area in our job. Um, but the reality is that, you know, most of them have to sign some sort of 
contract, you know, with, with, with teams before they are 18. Um, so that's why, I mean, they do need uh, an advisor, a lawyer, somebody, uh, you know, during that time. But, you know, what, what the process normally goes through the coach. Um, and then if, if, if I feel like coach is not helping, he's blocking, something is going on, then I would try to find a phone number uh, of a father, mother, and, and call, call the family. Because bottom line, they, they're the ones um, deciding for the most part. Yeah, I mean the, the the coach may have the 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 understanding of 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 basketball and and the path they want the kid to take, but the the parents are the ones who are responsible for the kid at the end of the day. Uh, is there has has there been also a coaching recruiting process for you where you recruit coaches to sign with you and then and then they they can also help you somehow to have a, a wider range of players on your side? Um, not really. I mean, when it comes to coaches, I kind of concentrate just on the Lithuanian market, trying to understand which coaches can potentially, um, I don't know, be best Lithuanian coaches. Um, but I'm not really active on this because it's, it's, a it's a different field and it's not easy. Uh, obviously, you know, having more and more coaches now, uh, I learn more, I gain more experience in this field as well. And, you know, how, I can potentially help them and, 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 you know, how it could grow, let's say my business. Um, so I think this year, actually in the Lithuanian league, I placed the most coaches I've ever done, you know, ever. Uh, Interesting. so, so, and my first real coaching client was Danus Sadomaitis. Um, so you, let's say, you know, with Kim, uh, I started doing more and more. Mm-hmm. No, uh, Danus, Danus is it's a great signing. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, so, so once you sign a player, there's also some sort of uh, at some point you're gonna go into contract negotiations with with the, with clubs. Uh, when when you contact the club or the clubs really contact you, what's the process there? Do you find most commonly because it can work either way. Sometimes you you see the player could fit into this structure and it's not necessarily a young player because a young player, we can talk about a young player's development process that you have to go through the whole pyramid and you know place them in the right direction and have the process of going through farm teams and then going up. But let's say a professional player. You have a, you have a professional uh, uh, already, uh, let's say, early 20s, mid-20s and do you look at, for the teams that could fit the player's profile, the coaches that use them the right way or because... Uh, you know what happens more more often is probably the clubs contact you because they like the player. What is, what's the, what's the most common process and what do you look for in those those situations when you're approached? Well, I mean, it probably depends on on, on the career cycle, right? Uh, like at which stage you are uh, as a player, are are you still trying to establish yourself? You know, um, or like grow and kind of use the ladder or, 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 or you are already an established player and there's not much else you can change, right? In your game or stuff like that. So it's, so, so it's a different approach. And again, it also depends on how well you played last season, right? Like there are some cases that you don't really want to shop around and you would rather wait to see who calls you, right? Um, just to show that, you know, we feel good about ourselves that we will get a you know a good deal and and you know when you start you know sending the name around too much sometimes you you know people tend to think that 
you're des- de- desperately in need of, of a job, right? Um, so the players so, that played, had a good season, they are less likely to be shopped around. You wait for them to to you you wait for to be contacted about them. Yes, at least I mean I'm doing my homework, obviously. Um, you know, following uh, the teams that I think his range is at. Uh, you know what they're changing and uh, you know who's staying. Just just to keep an eye. Uh, where are the potential spots? Um, and and again, for sure, I try to find some sort of way to make sure that they know that this you know player is free. Uh, it could be through media, it could be um, directly through someone, it could be through a, a local repre- representative. Um, just just to make sure that they are aware that he is free, you know, because especially with a lot of Lithuanians uh, and especially with those who are. A lot of teams think that they're there like forever, that they never have an out or, you know, the contracts are long term and they they've been re-signed early and stuff like that. But but again, I think uh, when it comes to the free agency approach, it, it, it really goes case by case. Um, sometimes you want to enter a market that you think is a good fit, uh, you know, to show the skills of your client, um, to really excel him in a way sometimes you choose a market which is hard but but you know it kind of builds your value which is acb for example um you know it's it's a difficult market i mean it's a specific market nobody's really playing a lot of minutes there i mean it's but i mean if you are successful there and and you establish yourself there you you can kind of stick with acb right and 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 it's obviously the market where it will get you better as a player and more ready for any level. So, so yeah, I mean, approach is a little bit different. And, and, and obviously there are some players that didn't have a good year and, and you have to be, you know, pushy talking to coaches, uh, you know, trying to convince them, uh, I don't know, ask for favors. I mean, it's everything, you know, it's so, sometimes it's everything. So that's that's a good transition because I was going to ask about problem solving and we're going to talk about different different problems that occur during the season because then you said talking to coaches how where do you see um the the necessity to talk to coaches and how often do you see the necessity to talk to coaches because sometimes you you know that you know everybody's trying trying to it's a business that everybody's mingling everybody's talking to everybody sports director and then just make sure that there's no mixed messages sometimes you have to have a direct contact What's the what's the approach of contacting the play, the 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 coach? What's the sign for you now? This is the timing, and how often do you have to do it? Do you think that you do you 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 get your point across, or do you just get a feel for the, how the coach is ticking and if he's interested, or if he doesn't want to listen at all? You know, what's what's the what's the approach when you contact or think about contacting the coach? Well, um, obviously, you know, you know, there's just so many teams in Europe, so many different coaches that you, you know, in every level, it's hard to know. But I, I mean, high level, Euro League, Euro Cup, Champions League, you know, organization and who is deciding. Uh, I mean, that's you know, that's our job. Uh, and sometimes you know that talking to anyone apart from the coach is a waste of time. Uh, and sometimes it's you know, it's a it's a sports director. Sometimes it's even a scout that that you know has the most power let's say in 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 decision making so you kind of pick people you 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 try to talk to um and obviously you know sometimes you pick people you talk to but you have to make sure you're informing others that that you're having these conversations so nobody's getting pissed about 
you know how you approach their territory yeah not not to step on anybody's toes that the communication have to has to be in a sometimes in a triangle sometimes in a in a in a rectangle in the in the in yeah. the in the, in the square but, or whatever you know coming back to your point uh, i think in europe it's uh, still a lot of places it's coaches you know the 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 way they still sign players and recruit players it's uh, it's really through you know coaches decision a lot of times yeah and and uh it's it's still difficult because you you know you do, you don't want to i can i can see both sides because i've i've been on the coach's side and i can understand the agent also i mean obviously there's incentives there's interest there's you know the future of a player at at at, at risk and and sometimes the coaches when they 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 can make him fit they can find the the way for the for the player to succeed you have to find different paths right you have to navigate and then find a maybe uh red players in the past where you try to play them at a different position just to give them playing time and just kind of give give the the player opportunity to shine and have help him somehow to figure things out you know what when it doesn't not help when you tried everything what's the approach there what's the, what's the process there to to help the player help the club help the coach to you know you have to find a different direction and then what's the usual the usual behind the scenes path for for that to to occur the right way you mean to navigate the problem and uh in the team or uh... no to to navigate and to find to possibly find a player in a new spot on a different team if you have to because both parties are not happy it's not going anywhere yeah. the player the player's season is 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 going to be ruined if he's going to stay Obviously there's some I've heard that there's some players sometimes because they have a good salary they prefer to stay they don't want to leave unless they get a, a, the same salary somewhere else or whatever. So what's what's the what's the process look what what does the process look like when you you kind of decide okay we have to find a different different team for the player. Again it depends on you know the salary you have signed uh you know and so, sometimes you know I had I just had a situation like that with uh with Olisevichus uh you know who signed um you know his biggest contract ever uh with Reggio and um I mean at the time we signed it in the middle of the year uh middle of the season uh and he had you know a lot of interest uh and we signed it for you know very good money for him because we didn't wait until the summer right uh then he got hurt then they changed the coach uh the new uh GM came and they decided that he doesn't fit you know the profile they want to play um and it wasn't easy you know because we just signed an agreement when he was playing great um early um for for that amount of money right um so so Olisevichus you know he didn't want to uh, let any of that money go because you know he he played his best basketball he felt like he earned it um so you know when when you take an approach that you don't want to lose any money then it really depends on um what we can find as agents what we can, you know what the team can you know potentially maybe help in and also looking for a team so it took us you know 3 months um to actually find a solution um sometimes it's uh you know the player doesn't want to be there so bad it's his first year in Europe or second year in Europe uh he wants to just deal with the problem right away and you know accept a couple of salaries up front and move on um so i think 
the negotiations to terminate really depends on what you have done a year ago, you know, like before uh, you came there. Uh, so if you, you know, if you came from a situation where you didn't perform well and your contract is not big or you just entered the market, uh, you know, you don't want that trouble and you, you just want to solve the situation. But if you sign that agreement, uh knowing that you had three other options right and you you chose that option uh for whatever reason it could be money it could be you know a chance uh, exposure you know situation or whatever uh well you know then it get gets personal because you know you 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 foregone some of those other opportunities and and now for whatever reason you don't fit or you know people want to cut you yeah that's there's sometimes probably paths where both teams the new team and the old team agree probably to split to split the salary and help each other to to make this deal happen and then they just kind of so the player doesn't lose out right yeah so i mean this is this is the the approach you normally you know take at the beginning you just ask them you know please give us two weeks um you know we'll look at the market we'll see if there's anything and and if you get lucky, sometimes they pick, you know, the player. Sometimes they even maybe pay more or or pay a little less. And then, the you know, your current team is paying the difference. So so that would be ideal. And, and this is the situation where, um, you know, the team that wants to cut a player actually loves the agent, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> that you solve the problem like this. And I had, a, I think, you know, a similar situation we had with Milano and Goditis when they had a really big deal, uh, you know, with him, but decided, you know, Messina decided he doesn't, you know, fit what they want to do. Uh, and, 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 you know, we found Zenit and it was a very easy transition, let's say for him to move from Milan to, uh, to St. Petersburg. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's always, it's always a struggle. This is one of the toughest, uh, things, you know, we have to do, uh, as, as agents. It's it's tricky for you in regards to future, uh, no future partner, and because you 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 don't want to you know piss off the the club or the the GM or the coach because you also want them to sign players from you in the future. So you're always also dancing the line of being fair to the club, but also fair to your client, and then trying to trying to make everybody happy because it's a it's a business, you know. You wanna you yeah. don't wanna you don't wanna close doors to potential contracts in the future. True. What's what's the process when a player gets injured? What's what's the what's the approach there when you take a, a, a you know you, your your guy hurts him hurts himself, not necessarily let's say midterm, not 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 like an ACL tear because it's a it's a long process, but uh, three four months out, you know, and then you you have to you have to go through a certain process of contacting, uh, controlling the process of, of of rehabilitation and contacting doctors, knowing who's doing what, what's what are responsibilities are there. Um, so these are also one of the, um, let's say things you think about before signing and, and, and you actually, you know, when, when players are thinking, oh, this is a great city or, you know, this is, um, I don't know, a, a great coach. Uh, one of the things that, you know, teams like Jalgiris like to sell is, 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 you know, they have a great, um, you know, rehabilitation program. They have great doctors. And, and, you know, they take care of that. So uh, I would say it really depends where you are, uh, you know, where, where when you are in a place like Jalgiris or when you're in a place like Bayern, uh, you know, you don't you don't really 
question. Uh, you know, on 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 the, the the process after you know players are getting hurt. Obviously, all of the contracts now in Europe are guaranteed. Uh, if you get hurt, at least you know normal level. I know there's some you know minor team, smaller teams in uh, smaller markets that they tend to cut a little bit of salary if it. Uh, I don't know if, if the injury is more than two months, three months, four months, something like that. But um, for the most part, it's all guaranteed. So you get the money. But when it comes to, to rehab, uh, it really depends on the place. And there are some teams, you know, I don't want to mention where, you know, you, you push for second opinion. Sometimes you push for, you know, having the player come to his home country to, to rehab. Um, and and it, happens, it happens a lot, uh, I would say. So, and this is something we also, you know, when we signed the agreement, uh, knowing where we are signing it, uh, we always try to include the clause uh, that, you know, the player can get a second opinion. He can, he can decide when he gets uh, surgery, treatment and stuff like that. Yeah. Sometimes if, if you, you already sussed it out, I think during the season, you see maybe beforehand when you say you do your homework to know that if if a player gets injured, you're going to have to take more control in this situation and and pr- control the process a little bit more. So, uh, I'm I'm sure if the club it's in the club's best interest also that the player gets well sooner. So they that normally they shouldn't be in the way. Yeah, but hopefully they're not over pushing you. You know so, so that that happens a lot in Europe. You know the season when you know you you normally have a one year deal with these players and and you know when they get hurt and they are important. Uh, this is where it gets tricky, especially with you know muscle tears and stuff like that. I mean, it's yeah, that's muscle tear. I I I think I I think I pulled a muscle this morning. <laughs> to, I was I was thinking just going off track a little bit. I went to jog in the snow, and and my calf started tightening up like 20, 20 minutes into the jog. I was like, damn it! <laughs> just now, I had to stop. I was walking the last ten minutes, fifteen minutes. I was so pissed off. So uh, my brain, sure my, you don't run tomorrow again. <laughs> no, now now I'm gonna have to somehow uh, massage my own calf here. <laughs> uh, okay. You know, you know what the 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 agent process was introduced to me first. Firstly, when I was in college already, and and it was not that I was approached, but I was trying to help a kid uh, in in the college, a Lithuanian kid in the college that was not happy and to to transfer and to i i was telling the opposing coach in our conference i said look this kid this kid he wants he doesn't play he's a really good shooter he wants to he wants to 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 leave college you should take a look at him and as i told him right away he's like look i'm i'm not trying to be an agent i'm just trying to help like i'm i'm until the other, i if i can see i can help one person and one at the other party and somehow both are happy it's a one-win situation great i introduce people and go have fun you know just go keep playing but the one thing that I kept seeing throughout the throughout my career and now and you know the, the frustrating part because I love mentoring I love mentoring younger people if if there's a way that I can uh, give advice or somehow share my opinion on certain things I, I I love to do it especially with young young people but there is a factor and I've seen it where you, you mentor you invest so many emotions and 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 resources and then they leave you. You know, and then you feel like, golly, all this, all this, and then you just end up leaving. Has as a player left you before? Has there has there been situations like that where you just kind of like, for what, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, 
Not a lot. I mean, I, I was very for, fortunate, let's say, that uh, it was basically three players that, you know, in, since 2012, let's say, um, there was three players that decided to to part ways. Um, and I would say one was painful. The other two was okay. Um, and because the other two, I kind of knew why they did that. They were more opportunistic let's say um uh which is normal like you know it's not my approach and you know it's it's still working with people right so you kind of find people that fits your character the most or eventually you 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 sign most of those type of people because you know you recruit many and and you don't sign them all and and i think the characters has to kind of match or or the perception uh has to match um yeah, that's that. I can imagine that, and I've heard other ex examples from other agents where they 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 are with them for years. You know, since they're like you said, fifteen, sixteen. And it's like this player will never never leave me. I've been been fully invested. We're like this, you know. It's and then they still end up leaving. You know, whatever. It's a better contract or a better bigger agency or whatever. But the, has there a player? Has there been a player that you? didn't sign although he was good and he was talented and you know but but there was some character or flaws that you felt like that you will not match with him and that without mentioning names but i just just kind of interesting yeah. if that if that's if there's a, like a red flag and you say absolutely no yeah i mean uh 100 and with some of them i was wrong they you know they matured well and they you know the the, the character that i thought it's gonna be uh a problem uh and that will fail him uh eventually turned into a strength uh and and they became you know really good players um but yeah 100 i mean uh normally it's hard to validate character you know especially in sports i think because some of the you know red flags or at least that looks like red flags can actually become their strengths um so so yeah i mean coming back to your question definitely yeah, that's I I can imagine that this there's also decisions that you have to make uh, tough decisions on that part of maybe not signing a player uh, although you see you see potential you know money dollar signs and 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 good good contracts but there's some some character things that I I'm I'm very big you know like intuitive decisions are big to me and 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 I listen to my gut feeling at the end of the day I think you have to listen to your gut feel as well 100% and I mean, it's probably similar, and you know, from teams and coaches' side, like you know, you see, you see that you know the player is crazy talented, and and but you just don't want to deal with all those requests, you know. And all, <laughs> all, I mean, it's too much. Uh, so so yeah, I mean, you you, tr you try to limit that and 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 affect your life less. Uh, yeah problems with less problems <laughs> <laughs> less headaches yeah so before we go into a proballs.com segment uh just to have a transition to that what's your daily routine like when you check up on your players what do you what do you look for when you wake up or do you just like certain things that you you a checklist that you go through every day yeah um so i would say at the beginning of the season i try to watch live games uh or synergy if it's at night um at least for the first month i, I try to watch as, as as much as i can because you know they change teams and they're in different uh system let's say and 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 you know i want to communicate with them more than i would say later on i check more just results uh and i see that you know if the players in one in a slump 
then I watch games more. Uh, if everything goes great, you know, I don't really, I mean, I watch it if I have to or if I have free time. But my daily routine, you know, I start with Australian and, and, and Japan games. Uh, <laughs> then I do my emails, you know, my recruiting calls uh, during the day or solving problems. And then evenings are, you know, for live games uh, sometimes. Uh, but, you know, if I have some personal things to do, I would just, you know, follow the scores. But, but it's, uh, you know, it's just heavy on basketball games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when, you, when you're checking on, on, on uh, the box scores and the play, do you, do you look at the wins and losses of the teams as well? Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah. or even... I would say, I mean, I'm happy when players play well, uh, even when they lose, they lose. But, uh, you know, like if I put something on Instagram, you know, I, I would never put nothing if they didn't win. Uh, that's something I, you know, for I don't know how many years I've done it. Uh, I've, I think I never put even if they had the 40-point game. When the team lost. Yeah. Mm, gotcha. All right, so I'm going to share my screen with you. I opened up ProBallers.com, and uh, my my first and proud sponsor. Good. All right, so you see you see the screen? Yep. And uh, so we go here with one of your clients, pro clients. Uh, if you, as you, we talked Australia, so Australia is the most recent uh, results that we can see That's here. Right. Let's go Ariel Hoop 40. Uh, okay, all right, let's do it for you. All right, so perhaps eligible, right? I mean, it's okay. Uh, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> we, we can we can do another player. Well, if, if Celtics select him, I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's 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 go with somebody who's not eligible. Let's go with Tobias. All right. All right, so oh, here you don't have his brother in there. That's funny. Yeah, you he, he was right here. Yeah, yeah he was Tal right here. Yeah. yeah. So now, uh, welcome back to Lithuania, Azulas, and you see you see his his uh, most recent games here. And uh, now, if we go to teammates, I'm gonna ask you. We're gonna do a search of who do you think, who do you think was the teammates that he played with the most throughout his career? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I would say, I mean, it has to be Marcellonis. If you calculate youth, you know, youth. Yeah, it's all youth, also included. So let's check the least one. This is the, the number of games, right? Yeah, number of games they played together. Okay. And and the most one is Marcellonis. You're right. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, I know, did. I, know my, I know my player as well. Yeah, you did your homework as always. <laughs> yeah, All right, what, what about... Their birthdays are like just one day difference. It's funny. And same, <laughs> same team. And lived in the same, like, same, same area pretty much in Vilnius. Interesting. Um, so, so okay, if we go to opponents, that may be a little bit more difficult. What are the opponents that he played with the most uh, against the most? Hmm. Let me think. Um, 
that's a tough one i'm starting to think is there any i don't know kirk Krisa, they were teammates uh let me try to make a guess someone from shaligiris has to be um 2001 uh let's do velichka <laughs> velichka all right and it is uh, tiger campbell because <laughs> the college the college are probably the most yeah. matchups with ucla yeah. i suppose right you're right tiger is my client so that's nice it's <laughs> 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 against <laughs> my client and Barcelona is you know it's also also my guy interesting that's me they're all that's the triangle right there for today yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you if you if you take a look at the three games here uh that he played in 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 Lithuania league is there a pattern you look for or something that stands out to you when you when you follow the player this since November 20th I mean it's obviously a very small sample you know um but uh normally i you know what i try to follow is the you know the effectiveness and the minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> those things you know are probably you know the easiest scan uh you know how many minutes he played and how effective he was uh for his team um and then you know if you see low minutes then you try to you know look deeper into that and you know what did it mean did it did he get in foul trouble especially with bigs uh mm -hmm. Or you know it was something different, and 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 then knowing the information, sometimes you have to come back and and watch those minutes he played and mm. see, what you know. Yeah, minute, minutes is an indicator to maybe if there's you know a big discrepancy between that one game and and other games, then you kind of have to investigate. But you you follow up on it game by game, so you wouldn't see a gap. You just you would just see a big drop off. Now you see three games in a row. So it's kind of it's kind of easy to see what stands out. But when you see 20, 25, and then all of a sudden eight minutes, then you kind of have to Yeah, uh, you get hurt or foul trouble or whatever. Like that's so that's that's something you know minutes uh is what I follow probably the most. Okay. All right. That was our pro ball segment of the day. <laughs> right. And uh back back to reality here in in terms of in terms of because there's like i said there's uh the the part where players leave you but there's also this ethical part of players being stolen in the business and that's it's a it's a open open secret let's say because people know that that players are switching agents because that's the other side you know the player leaves you because he's going to an agent and what why because the agent may have approached them because somebody have offered maybe a bigger deal if they sign with them. And then there's obviously some kind of protection for the agent through FIBA and there's this process that, that, that has to be gone through. But what are the unwritten rules in, in the agency business that, that you feel like uh, are being encroached sometimes or should be paid more attention to? Uh, I think, you know, when it comes to rules i i i believe there are some agents that don't care about any rules um and and some agents do follow some you know code let's say of of uh i don't know the way they approach the player uh but that's a great question because you know i i really don't consider myself as as a guy who takes players steals players established players uh unless those players are unhappy uh and you learned about that 
then I feel like it's my job uh, to make sure that I have a conversation with a player that I think is good. And that's how, you know, my boss is evaluating my work. Uh, you know, if, I don't know, if let's say, you know, a big time Lithuanian player, let's say Valenciunas would want to change an agent, you know, and I didn't even know about that or because, you know, he's Lithuanian, let's say. Um, and, and, and I didn't inform anyone in the company, uh, you know, that we need to meet with him. And, and at the time he's also meeting with other agencies, that would be a bad work from my side. Right. So, but I, you know, I think trying to convince players to leave, trying to put ideas in their head. Uh, I think it's a waste of time. Uh, mm -hmm. the way I, the, the way I see it, you know, they, they have to be unhappy for me to sit down with them. Uh, if they are unhappy, meaning they want to change an agent, no matter what, then it's my job to make sure that I am aware of that and I should be in front of him uh, so that he considers. It's the same way as recruiting, you know. It's uh, there's some uh, that you, and you know you learn about that from other agents sometimes, or you learn about that from teammates, or yeah, you just know that you know the player is unhappy. So so this is one part, but. Majority, I would say 80% of my time I'm spending to recruit uh, young players. So, okay, but let's, let's talk about that. If, you're, if the client is unhappy, you find that out. What are, is there signs that you look for or you have to think ahead of, you know, try to catch, catch it before it really explodes? And what's the conversation like? Do you wait for him to approach you or do you, are you proactive in approaching him and seeing, hey, I, I, I want to make sure that you kind of feel 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 happy in the situation you're in or or with us and is there something that we can do or what what's the conversation like with the player that's that potentially unhappy yeah so i mean first of all you kind of you since you know the market you you already know if, if if it was a bad job done right um so you can kind of expect that you know the player may not be happy um but uh that's not my approach i normally just learn from his teammates or or somebody that he's close with that uh that he's going to change right and 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 then then it's you know my way of approaching it, him and asking if that's correct you know if he's unhappy and and if he's going to change and if so uh then you know just organize the meeting with him whenever he's ready to talk what what are some things that he, the player could be unhappy with um, I mean, sometimes it's placement. Sometimes it's the contract. I mean, it could be long, low money and no outs. Um, you know, then the player may learn that, you know, his salary is like way worse than any everybody else's on the team. Um, I don't know. I, I have clients who switched to us because of the bad communication, uh, lack of communication, loss of... Uh, uh, strength, power, and and other clients, you know, they just went down as as agents. Uh, so it could be, you know, many things. Some sometimes agents just get, you know, lazy or or they don't want to do the work in the level they normally did because maybe you know, and I understand maybe they just get tired, they cannot travel as much or whatever. And I mean, these players feel that, you know, um, they feel that you know your agent is not everywhere. 
he's not you know in the main events he's not talking to teams and and you see the other agent is everywhere he's in every game and he's doing all of this so so i think there's many reasons uh for those switch and sometimes for sure it's you know you know someone is actually putting that idea into your head in in a, i don't know having drinks in the club or whatever i mean and and some agents actually work like that um and 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 i think i said this before uh i think when you just look at the business you know at at the agent work as just as business um it makes a lot of sense to to recruit players that are not happy or try to i don't know how it's a correct word to lure players uh that are playing great uh and and i think you know best agents in europe they 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 became best because of this uh more than recruiting young players and trying to be with them their own careers which is my goal you know uh this is where i enjoy myself as a person you know i, I enjoy that part of the business and and it doesn't matter what kind of you know person i choose to work with uh because you know every person is different and and their ceiling is different but i you know i really enjoy being you know part of that road uh until they're done playing and trying to you know find place in life yeah that's you um i was going to ask you that but we can i i'll take the small that's question out of the small print and i'm going to ask it now uh because because that's something that i always was wondering that because you know that you you as an agent you don't win championships you win with the player whatever the player wins whatever the coach wins you can participate you feel happy for them what's what's the gratifying moments for you what's like we say you you follow a guy's career you help them you help them to maximize their career in every aspect then you kind of help them probably uh invest the money you help them kind of you know lay lay the groundwork for for a life and the next life after basketball because they're they have to start a second life you know basically at 35 to 40 somewhere in that range and they have to find a new identity and all that but what's the most gratifying moment for an agent to to feel to feel like accomplishment yeah it's really when when you know you know that he reaches his full potential you know and and obviously sometimes you cannot reach it because of uh things you cannot control like you know major injuries and stuff like that but but if you know that you know the family is happy the wife is happy that they have a stable life uh and that they can enter life after basketball in a stable way um and you know knowing that they accomplished everything and they you know they traveled the world and everything was taken care of and and they do thank you know you for doing that even though lithuanians you know they they, they have a hard time uh expressing their feelings uh yeah. but when they do it this is this is the biggest accomplishment it's not money it's not you know but they when they actually uh appreciate and and feel the support and feel the help and 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 this is the the, the let's say the the best moment you know uh apart from them you know winning and obviously signing you know biggest contracts and having the smile on their face like Olesevich is a great example I told him when I signed with him and I pushed him I told him eventually trust me you will sign at least 200,000 he never believed in me after I uh, you know up until he actually signed the deal with Deggio and and I uh, you know I told him you remember I told you uh when you I think he was maybe in 
Impasvalis uh, at the time or something, playing for, I don't know, 3,000, 2,000 uh, a month. Uh, and, you know, when he signed this, like, that was a joyful moment, you know, uh, because I, I, I knew, you know, he was signing, you know, his life contract kind of and, and was super happy. And, and this is something I, I told him he's going to sign. So, so th those moments are the best moments for sure. Do you remember besides besides this one? Do you remember one one moment? Uh, maybe it's something that after after career that you felt like that was the most gratifying moment as an agent for you personally. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I had a number. I feel like I had it with almost every client I worked with. Uh, I had that moment. Uh, let's say where you know when. I don't know when uh when they sign like I'll give you a great example like Ulanos nobody was thinking that he can become who he is and and make as much money as as he made uh when I signed with him uh like even my close people around me or or people around him I mean they always knew that he's a good player and solid player but you know if somebody would tell he has a chance of having his you know t-shirt raised you know in Jalgiris arena or, or or make millions uh out of playing basketball at that time you know not a lot of people would you know agree with that and and i'm talking about people like very close i mean very close where he's at right now and everything and 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 you know there was that moment when we signed because at the beginning um he was the lowest paid player in that generation pretty much you know and we, you know, they had Chizhauskas and they had, um, I think, you know, Redikas. And, and there was all these players that signed deals with Ritas or signed deals with Jalgiris. And, you know, Chizhauskas probably played his first, you know, LKL or Euroleague game even when he was 16. So he was getting, you know, solid money at the time. And and Alonso was kind of dragging behind all the time. And, um and it was always underpaid, let's say, you know, it was always, you know, lowest amounts, lowest amounts. And, 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 and you know, it was a moment uh, when we signed this really, you know, big deal for him, which gave him status and, 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 and showed that, you know, he can actually make a lot of money out of this. It was a very, you know, joyful time as well. And it was the same, like I said, you know, with all these guys, including Goditis, when, we, when we managed to move him from Ritas to Milano and then, and then, you know, he played great in Milano and then we signed this crazy deal after ACL. Like, uh, that's, that was also a huge, you know, accomplishment when I flew to Milan, met with the, the president and convinced him to give, to give him this, this contract as a, as a show of trust. And, 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 you know, when, when we signed it, it was, it was one of the great, greatest accomplishments for us, you know, for both of us. Now those I, I can imagine those contracts that are unexpected, you know, throughout the you see the process going throughout a player's career from the bottom to the top. And then it's it's I remember when I was signing my contracts that I that you know I never thought I would be signing with the Celtics, you know, when I was growing up in 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 a little town in Germany. And then, you know, you just kind of you all or the Ceska contract, whatever, you know, it's just that the those are gratifying moments for for the player or for the for the coach or for the scout wherever so i can imagine that the person who is helping behind the scenes to achieve that and you see the happiness in another player you see the happiness in another person 
it can even though we're Lithuanian, I'm a very emotional. I'm I'm emotional both ways. So I don't I'm not afraid to to cry in front of people. I'm not afraid to 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 uh, just show show my emotions. But even though Lithuanians are a little bit more closed off, like you said, that can bring out that can bring out the uh, really the positive positive vibes out of out of anybody. I think. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, you know. I also was part a little bit at the end of of of, uh, of career, of Potsu's career, of Yevtaka's career, even though I didn't have as much influence on 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 their careers. That was also you know really proud moments because I know towards the end of their careers I actually did help them, uh, maybe less on the court stuff but more off the court stuff, and it was also another I would say proud and nice moment when they finished their careers you know they became who they are right now and and that was also a joyful moment and i you know i want to be part of 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 those moments for the guys that i started working with 15 16 so that 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 must be special yeah and it, let, let's talk a little bit about the future uh before we go into the small print because i have i have just a little little things left here for us to to talk about and uh i'm hoping that you can project the future a little bit because you always we always had to project a little bit you know whether it's the player or the situation you always have to kind of think forward right and in, in, in your job as well you gotta make your homework anticipating certain things to happen with the club with the player with 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 whatever whatever the current situation may be and i don't know if you anticipated that where the the nobody probably anticipated where the game is going these days with with the uh, you know the competition from the u.s with young guys you know europe european players going to the uh, to the nil money taking the nl money and it's a little bit of a it's, it's a game changer but where do you think now the game would be going 10 years from now you know where where do you think this the, the game will be and from your perspective future future wise where where which way is it headed that's a great question i think uh I still believe it's going to go for especially for international players that I, you know, let's say my business and my job is 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 to find international players outside of US and inside of US that are international to try to recruit them and and work with them. So I think for these kids, it will continue to go in cycles. I I believe like like it was in the past. I think you know, right now we are at the moment where best kids try to go to college, right? And I think NIL is one part of uh, the reason, but it's. But I don't. I don't know if it's the main part. I think the main part is actually not playing in Europe. Um, you know, because I think potentially, if you're playing in Europe, you can make. I mean, even if you're making half of the money that college can, you know, organize, let's say for you. Um, I think a lot of people would just, you know, agree to stay home if they're playing. Um, so I think in 10 years, I wouldn't be surprised if we're the second cycle of them going to college. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think in, in, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next five years, there will be less best players going to college. I think the European teams will try to approach this problem and, and actually playing them and, and, and trying to figure it out the best way to keep the talent here. Because playing is one. The second thing is also having enough coaching staff to make them better. Um, I think Jalgiris is a great example. Like, you know, if you turn back the time when they always had, you know, a second team, right? And and they kept inviting sec second team players to the, to the main team. 
but you know to the main when when they were with the main team they and they didn't play five on fives and they were for the most part they were sitting you know and, and now they have enough coaches even when they're these kids are not playing five on five they're still getting better you know just being part of the main team so so I do believe that you know right now everyone is going there five years from now I think uh, there's a good chance that best kids won't go and and European teams will adjust to that um so and again we talked about Australia I think that's another market that uh, is gonna take a lot of kids also from college uh, I think especially those that they think they're one and done right um I I I do believe that you know people will will, will go more and more there especially if this group from this year uh, is going to be as successful as you know people predict them to be in this draft. Yeah, it's it's always hard to to predict the future, but you like you said, there's it's in waves. And I remember when I went to the U.S. in the in the early 2000s, and that was a big wave from from I was in Germany, but I, I went from Germany to the U.S. But it was still through through Lithuanian connections and Lithuania. Lithuanian players, you know, from the mid '90s to early 2000s, it was a big wave going going uh, to college and playing in college, and people forgot. Then it was kind of lingering down, and not 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 that many high level, I think, uh, players that that went to to college, and now it's just kind of picking up again. And and hopefully, I'm always I'm always very I think I look at it from a very individ individualistic and subjective perspective because it it really depends on the player itself of what his opportunity is and if if he's going to play in the US he's going to he's going to have a life on campus he's going to meet people he's going to learn English he's going to have an education he's going to enjoy and, and spread his network I'm just speaking from my own experience and then you know, on top of that, get paid now. Back then, nobody got paid. I Man, you got some, 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 barely, barely any meals, <laughs> and uh, and uh, so and now and and then you think like, what's you know, if the player is going to play in Europe, he's going to get paid and he's going to have a, a a good environment around him. Like you said, home or whatever, it's great, perfect. But then you have to really, it's a case by case thing that you have to really make a decision on. And that's that's I think that's the biggest challenge for today. Yeah, and it's also you know knowing where you're going to um, and having the real information. And this is where you know I I try to invest as much time as possible to actually go and meet people there and watching those games live that I that I actually know. I mean, I go to US probably four to five times a year, um, and I go see those games because I think it's really about the the place you choose to go to i mean for whatever reason uh style of play it could be people that you trust uh people that have experience with internationals right but i think you know what you kind of touched with uh with a campus life and student and and potentially you may have a, a job right when you finish playing i mean that's you know if you're a successful student there and you're a successful basketball player there i mean potentially you can have a spot there and and you know come back to that place after you're done playing so what i think is very important to stress out and one of the main reasons i think these kids are going there is because you come even though there, you know some students are older and you're younger i mean within 4 or 5 to 4 to 5 year you know difference you're still living on the same agenda right uh Everybody wants to get better. Everybody needs to be more 
physical. They need to be stronger. They need to learn stuff, right? And while you're in Europe and everybody on the team, not everybody, but there's almost two groups, right? Uh, and normally the veteran group is way bigger. And they are on a completely different agendas. Like, you know, the, 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 the older group, you know, needs easier practices. They need to rehab on the free day. Uh, and, you know, and it comes down to, like, do you have enough staff uh, to make sure that your young players are kept busy, especially if, you, if they're not playing, right? Or they play limited minutes. Like, you have to keep them busy. You have to keep them getting better. And I think uh, a lot of times this is this is the biggest issue because you have these kids going after veterans and they they would be, like, chill out. Like, you know, I need to... And, you know, you as a kid, you kind of lose motivation and you get into this bad habits uh, of thinking that that's what you also need, you know. So so I think the bottom line, the main reason you need to go to college, at least today, until these European teams adjust, uh, is to get better. To get better. And I also I also think that you have to consider the wide spectrum of talents right there's the the high major talents and there's the the low the mid-major and the low major and then there's all the wide range of players that can play in college and never no matter what level you are after college i think there's a wide range of opportunities there a wider range of opportunities there because not only because of basketball because of all the other things that we've listed the culture aspect the language aspect the the bachelor degree maybe you start on your master's degree may so there there you can go and in so many directions afterwards, you know, and depending on what you choose or what you decide to do and what's closer to your heart, I think at that point. Yeah. And I mean, I was actually, it's funny you mentioned this because I had a player that I helped go to high school in the U S um, a Lithuanian player. Then he eventually from high school went to Stanford. Um, and, and he's a player that would have definitely signed in Lithuanian league uh you know after he graduated and we had interest he's a national team player and stuff but you know he got job offers in silicon valley and married and stayed in california i mean it's, <laughs> you know, it's i cannot i cannot say no to that you know it's, <laughs> i'm i'm happy it was you know it was a proud moment kind of too you know i helped i helped the you know the this guy be successful in life. I think found his wife. Uh, I think she's American, and uh, that's another you know great story of of of, uh, of a successful uh, you know and uh, and a good reason to go to to go to states. And you're right again. I think I think it really goes. I believe that the European system is great up until you're 18, 19. Uh, and I prefer that system over any system in the world. I think uh, I think it you know gives you good values and you know understanding basketball. I think I think there's a lot of great things. The competition is good enough. But then once you reach that age of 18, 19, and all of the second division, third division youth uh, leagues are uh, already too weak for you, and you're you know good enough, then then we have a problem, you know, because. You want to be part of a great team uh, that has resources to make you better when it comes to nutrition and, you know, and weights and whatever, everything. Uh, but, you know, you don't play on those teams uh, because they're just too good. Uh, and then you have bad teams that loses a lot, 
changes coaches a lot, doesn't have the resources. You're in a toxic environment uh, that you can potentially play in, but but it's just a very limited amount of those teams that you can trust as an agent, uh, you know, and as a talent uh, to be a part of. It's the, the range 18 through 22, 23 is the most difficult age. And we all, that's a, in this business, everybody knows that. And then there's some, some leagues have it, like like the Espoa League, they have something in place, you know. But there's no perfect system for for those for that range of 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 players, students, whatever you want to call them. And and that's that's the biggest challenge, I think, no matter where you are in the world. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You you ready for my small print? Of course. <laughs> Everybody read the small print in the contracts. <laughs> All right, favorite activity outside of basketball, uh, aka hobby uh art uh art. i would say art museums and and overall art i buy a little bit of art uh hopefully we'll buy more if i if my are successful <laughs> so Interesting. that and and sports uh you know whatever jogging weightlifting uh, a little bit of paddle tennis uh but yeah i mean i work out pretty much five days a week very good most common mistake players do overreact <laughs> most common mistake clubs do misjudge i was going to think you're going to say the same thing <laughs> overreact <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was what close <laughs> uh, most common mistake agents do trust <laughs> Best worthwhile personal investment. Ah, buying a dog. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, you're gonna have to tell me more about that. <laughs> yes. Uh, what What are you thankful for? Thanksgiving is over now. I mean, but we we're still thankful every day for something. I would say for my fiance, Yusuf. What's your end game? Where where does this job lead you to? Oh, that's a great question. I already sold my company. Uh, that's an end game to a lot of people. Um, but I would say my end game, just having a few clients in NBA and enjoying the game when I'm 55, 60. <laughs> that's probably the end game. Like. Uh, Watching Jokic play and just caring about him if he was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the last one, the Tim Ferriss question that I ask everyone: Your favorite failure from your throughout your career that you look back on that was the biggest lesson to you up until this point, and you kind of cherish that failure. Oh, that's a great question. Um, mm, I would say overreacting together with the client um, and just, let's say, backing him up on that emotion in front of everybody in the team, including coaches and um, thinking that, you know, it's only our truth in, in there. Um, and I think it backfired me for quite some time. Um, 
and 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 uh, I learned a lot from that. That you know, you need to really understand both sides and not just think about the player. You know. Yep. All good. That was the last question. That was the last sure. question too. So. <laughs> All right. All right, Tadas. Thanks for thanks for joining this. I think we we uh, we danced the line on on the on on several subjects, and I think we did it successfully. I hope we did it successfully, but I appreciate you sharing all this information and all your experience. I think that to to young up and coming agents, it's probably interesting to hear the 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 challenges that this job job encounters a lot on a daily basis. And I'm sure there's a lot of things they can learn along the way as they do it, because you you learn by hands on and practice and and not theory. So uh, still, the theory is important to to kind of uh, prepare you for those moments so thanks a lot for sharing and thanks for coming on and i hope to see you soon thank you for having me venice keep doing uh good work with this i i really enjoy listening thank you thanks a lot i need to i need to uh, stack up my marketing department here so <laughs> get everybody here listening share share this podcast thank you all right talk soon <laughs> bye, bye. Yeah, thank you bye bye